Please like, rate, and subscribe to our podcasts on iTunes, Spotify, and YouTube. More information available at facebook.com slash eyesofindigo or at iriscarter.com where you will find a link to the Eyes of Indigo podcasts. You'll also find accompanying blog posts that expand topics as well as behind-the-scenes information. Welcome to the Eyes of Indigo with your infinitely curious hosts, Iris Carter and Margot Ross Sears. Today we explore Don't Fear the Reaper, recorded on October 21st, for living beings is death. Uh, let's pull back the curtain and take a peek at the process. So we welcome you to our live stream and we originally were going to do a different topic, um, but we decided to change it because we actually had um, a case in point. A case in point, <laughs> which was uh, that um, uh, Margot's brother passed away actually this yesterday morning, or yesterday yesterday last night last night mm-hmm. and um so I was gonna have to do the spelling by myself which I was willing to do hello Angie uh and but then Mark because I assumed Margot would be tied up with that and then she messaged me today and she said can we still do it? And I said, of course. And she suggested the change. And this was a topic that we were going to cover anyway at some point in the future. So we got the message that today was the better day. And so our spelling uh, and modern manipulation uh, that was planned for tonight will be in two weeks. And we're still going to do our homage to Halloween next week. Hello, Deborah. Hi, Deborah. Hi, Edie. And Deborah sends her condolences. And Angie. Oh, yes. thank you. And thank you. and so um and I know that uh, uh Margot and I both have our um 
opinions about death. Um, and All of them mostly comical. Yeah. <laughs> and so I found this. Ordering on your reverend. My daughter was here today, and I actually showed her this one, and I said, I want somebody to do that. Really? When I die, will someone please go to my funeral dressed like the Grim Reaper? Don't say anything. Just stand there. <laughs> and I just think that would be so awesome. Um, and then, uh, I, I, again. There's more. <laughs> are you on your way to a Halloween party too? Uh, actually, neither of us are. <laughs> <laughs> Two grim reapers and one's in costume. <laughs> so appropriate in this situation, it seems. <laughs> yes, yes. And so, um, and we're gonna have fun with one more. I just thought this was so cool, dude. Why so grim? Chillax, and it's the chill, chill reaper. <laughs> that would be me. <laughs> would be so that way. That, this would be, yeah, this would be an Irish, ooh, costume idea for you right there. <laughs> Nobody will guess what you're trying to dress as. <laughs> really? <laughs> they might. They might. <laughs> but uh, uh, Tara is here also. Appreciate you being here. Um, so, yeah, let's, the idea behind this this whole thing is a lot of things go on, of course, when people die and they, so many people, well, I'm just going to say it. I, I understand missing somebody when they die, but there are some people that just totally lose themselves in the experience yeah and, and for me it's it's just a change you know you, 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 everybody's gonna die you you can't escape it you know you just yeah. save that thought for another show <laughs> oh well okay well but popular theory is we can't escape it yeah, for the per site for the point of conversation tonight. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's not like you've got. This body, this time. You're born. This is your this is your one time sleigh ride in this vessel. Yeah. 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 Yes. Yeah, that's that's another way to look at it. Yeah. And so, you know. <laughs> Enjoy. What is it? Uh, you, uh, something about there. What's that saying? You're not going to get out alive anyway. Might as well have fun. <laughs> <laughs> right. Live fast, die young, and have a good-looking corpse. There's another one. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, that said, um, Margaret, I'm going to kind of let you take the reins for a minute and share. With okay. You. All right. So, essentially, tonight, what we did is Iris. Both Iris and I have specific stories about our loved ones who have passed and remarkable supernatural occurrences, maybe not they're natural to us, but generally su supernatural occurrences. And they have a lot to do with our skill set of being highly intuitive and in tune. But 
you can hear similar stories like ours from people who just had a personal profound connection with a person who was passing on. But we decided um, that we would share what happened uh, in the cases of, five, of 10 people. Ours happened to have five and I happened to have five. And so I'm gonna start us off with the most obvious one for me, my brother. His name was Paul and he died last night peacefully in a hospice with his adoring, sweet, wonderful wife right there with him. And he, you can read more about my brother on my Facebook page. I kind of wrote an obituary, uh, a real short summary of a very illustrious and, and complicated life that he had. A tremendous life. I mean, my God. Uh, very tremendous. It's, I've been putting off writing my sister's biography. Now I realize I need to write my brother's biography too. But uh, I don't know if I can do it justice. <laughs> the man's the man was a walking legend and is quietly, quietly a walk, walking legend. Well, just, his so, occupation by itself, astrophysicist, holy cow. He was an astrophysicist director at the U.S. Naval Observatory. His primary mission was to find exoplanets. If you don't know what that means, it means you finding planets that humans can live on that are not Earth to go populate or colonize or whatever. That's what exoplanet is. It's a, it, okay, for the Star Trekkies, that's a class M planet. <laughs> <laughs> so he's out there looking for class M planets. So, or M class planets, sorry, I'm saying it backwards. <laughs> M class planets. Yeah. So that was his primary thing, but he also controlled all the satellites for the government and the military. This is how he was top clearance at the Pentagon. Duh. He, he maintained all the satellites. And he did a bunch of other stuff, too. Those were just his two primary things. And that was in the last 12 years of his life. The man was 59. He did a ton of stuff leading up to that. Again, you can see a real cool summary on Facebook. My brother and I were six years apart. He came first. Uh, he was the oldest. I was the youngest. Um, our sister in between, there was three of us. And uh, my brother, my sister, and I, my sister died first in 86. We'll talk about more about her later. And Paul died last night. And when he died, I did not, I was on my way to go see him. I did not get to him in time. I was in Winston-Salem. Uh, when he died, and I had plans to leave out at six in the morning to go see him. And at 11 o'clock, I got a, the, that night, um, I got a call from my mother who said, your brother passed away about you know, 30, 45 minutes ago. And we talked, or she started talking. And she's used to me, what's coming next, she's used to hearing me blurt this out. She was talking about something fairly mundane, you know, uh, you know, what was going on when she answered the phone or whatever. And I interrupted her. I said, Mom, Paul's visiting people. And she stopped and there was dead silence on the line for a second. And she went, uh, uh, who, your sister? <laughs> My sister's dead. And I was like, wow, she really went next level with this quick. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's pretty good. She's 87. That's pretty good. And, and she's, you know, a non-believer 
So I was like, wow, okay. And I said, no, he's visiting living people. He's visiting his wife. He's visiting his children who are all adults. And he's visiting his dogs. And my mother said, oh, oh my gosh, his dogs are going to be so heartbroken. Because humans can understand what happened. But him and his dogs, they were tight. He had two at this time. He's had three and four. They're all sled dogs. So they're very pack oriented in the and Paul was the alpha, you know, by training and by nature. And the alpha died. So his dogs are gonna have a time dealing with how come daddy doesn't come back? You're here, you know, his wife, yeah, they have a relationship with his wife, of course. They're sweet, they're you know, they're family pets. And but he did do but he did mush his dogs, by the way. They were part of a mushing club. And, um, but they're dogs, they're gonna worry, where's daddy, where's daddy? And so they're gonna have to grieve too. But he was checking in on them and he was, and what I'm talking about is in my mind's eye, I could see a video of Paul as a transparent entity I could only see upper body. The re his legs on down was wispy and foggy. And he was literally going into rooms where people are and hovering up near the ceiling, the typical, uh, you know, bird's eye view that, that ethereals have or dreamers describe. And he was hovering in the room watching his son. And then the room changed completely. And he was watching his other son. And then the room changed completely. And he was looking at the dogs and he went down closer to where the dogs were and he tried to touch them. He tried to pet them, which is what you do with a, a pet. And he went, oh, but the dog went. So he did it again because the dog could feel the energy of something. And he was putting out, it's okay. Daddy's okay. You're okay because he understands, you know, alpha dog mentality. He was letting him know it's okay. And of course he was just quietly, and uh, his, his wife was in a car with her dad. Her dad came and got her. And so he was riding around in the ceiling of the car watching his wife in the car. <laughs> and I was watching him. Okay, so it was, you know, I'm at this angle, he's at this angle, and the humans were, you know, down here. So it was it was very interesting. I was watching him move around from my 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 vantage point. And that's what I was telling my mother. I said, Paul's visiting his loved ones. And later on that night, he visited me. And it was I was lying in the dark and I had just drank some hot chocolate that my friend Amy gave me. And maybe that wasn't a good idea to have caffeine at three in the morning. <laughs> Tasted good. <laughs> And I had been regaling her with stories of my brother. And I was lying there trying to fall asleep and I was thinking about him. And it occurred to me, dude, you're awful close. Are you here? He said, actually, my consciousness is with you. And I said, good, because I do not want you to walk out like a ghost and appear out and, you know, materialize, because they'll do that. And just materialize in the dark. I'm sitting here in the dark in someone else's home. <laughs> and he said, I already thought of that. <laughs> and, he, and he chuckled. He said, I, 
he literally he said i already thought of that i didn't want to creep you out while you lay in bed and a ghost flies up over you <laughs> and i started giggling <laughs> i was like thank you <laughs> I don't need to. <laughs> yeah, no, that. thank you. Coming after it, throw out on me. Like, no, thank you. I'm good with your consciousness being present. That's good. <laughs> and uh, later on, <clears throat> I was driving home this afternoon. I'll go back for a funeral in in a few days, but I was driving home, and in the car. Oh, and by the way, in the car all the way home, I was playing the radio. They played every single song that my sister ever loved or had at her wedding. Wow. And every other song were songs from his time in the 70s, late 70s, when he was rocking and rolling as a teenager. And I was like, you don't hear this music all the time. I was like, holy cow. So it was really cool. And I'm singing and it's John Denver. It's John Lennon. A lot of Johns. Um, it's Eagles. You know, it's it's all this cool stuff. Um, as uh, uh, Simon and Garfunkel. All these, you know, epic songs about love and letting go. John Denver, I'm leaving on a train, uh, jet train country road, take me home. Fly like an eagle. John Lennon, uh, imagine all the people imagine all the people and I was like I get it dudes we're all happy and peaceful with this but the music's good you can keep it coming so for three hours they did so you know I listened to my brother and I saw something really cool I checked in on him and I said are you still on earth and he went ha! and he showed me another vision everything went white behind him and he was and there was grass below him and he was rolling on the grass holding on to his favorite deceased dog that had died about four or five years ago. He was 16, a sled dog that was 16. That's old for, for that kind of uh, sport animal that big. And gorgeous black and white Siberian Husky. And, you know, ice blue eyes with black circles. Really cool. And his name was Sirius. He was named after the dog star. My brother was an astrophysicist. Yeah, who, who died when the com when the uh, meteor shower happened uh, last night, which is all very serendipitous. And being an astrophysicist as he was, and a astronaut wannabe, and a pilot for thousands and thousands of hours, and um, he was rolling in the grass with his dog Sirius, letting Sirius. Lick his face, you know, like dogs do, and you, you hold up your face so the dog doesn't lick you in the mouth too much. <laughs> and he was laughing, and the dog was just, <gasps> and then, you know, leaping and jumping and squirming, and doing doggy moans because Siberians don't bark. They'll whoa, whoa, whoa. They'll talk, and they'll whoa, 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 and that's all they'll do. Or they'll, mm, they'll groan. And he was, oh, and he was rolling around licky licky because the alpha came back and the alpha was letting him roll around on the ground like puppies, which is also a, among dogs, a big honor for the alpha to roll around with you <laughs> and be cuddly, touchy, feeling. So it was just the sheer joy because my brother was laughing his head off. 
and his eyes were closed. He was laughing so hard and he was going, hey, buddy, hey, buddy, I love you. I miss you too. Oh, you're such a good boy. You're such a good boy. Scratchy, scratchy on his on his belly, making his back foot go da 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 <laughs> I've seen that trick, right? You scratch his belly in the right spot and the leg, back leg goes. Uh-huh. Yep, yep, and they'll thump, 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 thump. And it was awesome. And I started, yeah, I started giggling in my car. I started crying and giggling at the same time. So that's the latest. That's That was just a few hours ago. Um, I have a feeling more stuff will show up. <laughs> Where was your brother when he died? Where? What location? Florida. He was, okay. in a, he was in a hospice in Florida. He used to live in Arizona, and he retired to Florida just to find, just in time to find out that he was sick a year ago. And then one of his children had his first grandchild, and he got to meet her for the first time about three or four months ago. And she's a cute baby. And you can see pictures of her on our Facebook, too. So... He had a lot of quality time knowing what his path was going to be. Yeah. But shortly, <laughs> what his path was about to be shortly. And his wife was awesome. All 10 years. 10 years. They had 10, 10 awesome years together. Yeah. So nice. fairy, fairy tale marriage, wedding. Again, someday I'll write the book. <laughs> but, um, she was his fifth wife, and he got it right. Nice. The last wow. time was it? Yeah, yeah, he got it right. And she had awesome. She has awesome children. The youngest one's eighteen. They're all okay. So lots of closure yeah. going on in his life. And I told my I told my sister in law that in a text about after I talked to my mom, I said you were such a gift. You made my brother very happy in his last time, ten years, and you gave him the gift of a really peaceful death, not alone, surrounded by someone he knew loved him. Who wouldn't want that? Yeah. yeah. And she said, you are so kind. She said, but you lost, you lost a brother. I'm sorry for you too. And I was like, I'll be, I'll be okay. Yeah. 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 So she, I mean, that's, that's how nice she is. She thinks she's thinking about my perspective. I'm like, really? You just lost Prince, Prince Charming. And you're, worried, and you're worried about a sister. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> that's how. Yeah, but that's how sweet she was. That's how sweet he was. That's just yeah. how people they were. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's a lot of times when somebody dies, people forget it's not about the death; it's about the living. Yeah. You know, the living that they did, and the living that. Um, you will do to honor that they were there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so I know um, <clears throat> you mentioned your brother being there with someone he loved and, you know, being able to pass and, and that sort of thing. Yeah. And I remember when my mother passed away, it was a little bit different. She had, she had been in the nursing home, but she was still, fairly mobile she could you know she could walk with a walker and um uh but but she tended to not do what she was supposed to which was why she had to be in a nursing home uh you know so somebody keep an eye on her and you know because she would take off without her walker and then if she failed you know somebody had to be there to get her um but she 
when she ended up going in the hospital um, and found out she had sepsis and she just kept going downhill and her organs were shutting down and, and that sort of thing. But yet I would go to visit her and you could tell she had been moving around because she wasn't covered up. Like they'd get her all settled and then in 10 minutes the covers would be gone. She was obviously wiggling around and, you know, they had her on morphine, but, and I got to talking to the nurses and, and like, what is going on? You know, is she good? What is her chance for recovery? Prognosis. Yeah. Yeah. What are we doing? What are we doing? Because it's, it's like they had her in this limbo and mm. talked to the doctor and who said, no, she's, she probably won't recover from this. And, um, and because all her organs were shutting down and she was, um, in her early eighties, um, mm. and she had a history of COVID, I mean, a COVID, God, uh, <laughs> COPD, sorry, <laughs> COPD, and she had had a stroke a couple of, you know, a few years before that, uh, left her not a little off balance um both mentally and physically <laughs> and, and uh, yeah <laughs> and uh just it was like they just didn't see it getting any better and so i said well what do we do do we couldn't take her back to the nursing home uh as she was because of the sepsis and you know mm -hmm. and you can't call hospice in when they're in a nursing home oh okay because they're in a nursing home they don't hospice they don't go in so like, yeah yeah what do we do and so they suggested um moving her over to a unit they had the hospital she was at had a cancer unit right across the street from the main hospital and they said we'll put her over there because they're used to dealing with people who are dying and here in this unit, we're used to saving people. And so they moved her and right away when I went over there, it was just so calm. And they had these really nice rooms where you had the um, long bench where you could lay down or the reclining chair and mom had more space. And, you know, mm -hmm. it just, it was like being in a bedroom and- Residential and pleasant. Yes. Yeah. And so, um, and mom was calm. She was laying straight. They had a nice setup in bed and she wasn't, she hadn't been tossing and turning. And I said, so what's the deal? What did you do? And they said, we quadrupled her morphine. <laughs> and I was like, what? Turned out the, the nurse that was on duty for my mom was also a hospice nurse. And she said, she said when we were doing the transfer and she was talking to the floor nurse in the other department, she said, I've told her I was going to, first thing we're going to do is upper dose of morphine. And the woman was like, really? We thought we were giving her the maximum. And the woman said, her body is struggling to live and her soul is never going to let go. And her, and her head. Yeah. And yeah. And you know, yeah. And so she was like, you know, she's fighting to live and she's fighting a losing battle and all we're doing is keeping her agitated and we need to calm her down. So if she wants to go, she can. And I said, wow, well, how long is she going to be like this? And she said, 
she'll be gone by morning. And by then it was like five o'clock in the afternoon. So I settled in for the night. I figured I'll stay the night. I'll be with her, you know, just in uh, case. Yeah. And I, about 12 o'clock or 12 or one o'clock, I guess it was closer to one. I finally decided, okay, I, I'm, I can, I'm low key enough. I can get a little bit of sleep. And I, I took a nap and I woke up just wide awake, extremely agitated. And it was like, get up and move, just get out of the room. And I'm like, but I don't want, you know, I thought I was having a conversation with myself. Right. So I got up and went to the bathroom and I'm laying there. I'm thinking, well, maybe I could go back to sleep. And it was like, no, go. And I'm like, well, where am I going to go? I mean, all they have is vending machines and I don't have that much cash with me because I hadn't been to the bank and, and it was like, I don't care. Just get up and go. And I'm literally having, and I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> and it was just this. So I said, okay, fine. I'll go. And, and I'm thinking, what am I doing talking to myself? You know? And I got up and walked out and I thought, okay, I'll walk across the street, see if I can find an ATM machine and maybe a vending machine that's better than what's over here. And so I took about a 10, 15 minute walk and I came back. It was like two o'clock in the morning and the door was shut. The nurse was nowhere to be seen. And I knew she was in mom's room and I, and there was a receptionist, a, a, woman, a, a nurse at the desk kind of thing. And, but she didn't say anything. And she just kind of chit chatted with me. And I was like, yeah, mom's gone and you're just killing time till they come out. And sure enough, a couple minutes later, they came out and they let me know she had gone. And I realized mom was the one I was arguing with. She did not wow. want to get in that room when she died, she wanted to be by herself. And it was like, well, holy cow, you know. <laughs> and she found a way to chase you out. Yes, she did. And I mean, it was oh. like, I left and they said, you were out the door and she was gone. And I was like, interesting. Yeah. So uh, it was just, it was just a really surreal experience. And to, to just feel that. You know, she, she was pissed. She went, oh, I don't want you in here. <laughs> Quit this lollygagging around. Get out of my way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know. <laughs> so, so do people to annoy. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. So it's interesting how some people thrive in that loving environment and others are like, just leave me alone. Let me do my thing. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, Similar story when my kind of and similar in that my dad passed in 2013 when he passed I was standing in Sedona Arizona with my husband David and I was standing in a dry riverbed we were hiking through some um, uh, mesquite woods that had cactuses too and dry riverbeds in the winter and David had gone up ahead of a gully and I was taking my time hopping through the riverbed before I went up the gully. And I heard my dad talking to me in my head. 
and I knew he was, he was, he, I knew he was near dying and that, you know, he the hospice was there and all that stuff. Um, and had been for months and months and months. And he had checked in and he, well, he checked in, he said, Hey honey, in my head. And I was like, well, Hey dad, I haven't heard from you in a while. I'm used to telepathically hearing my father. And he said, no, he said, he said, yeah, he said, hey, it's me. Um, I just want to ask you, are you okay? And I said, uh, yeah, I'm fine. He said, where are you? And I said, oh, I'm hiking in the woods with my husband. This is, I'm in Arizona. You're, this is a new place for me. I haven't been here. There's high energy. And he went, you're in the woods with your husband, with your new husband? And I said, well, fairly new. Is that a problem? <laughs> and he said, well, you know, I've heard stories about husbands and wives and only two go in and one comes out. <laughs> <laughs> and my dad was quintessential paranoid. All right. That was, you know, that was part of his MO everywhere. <clears throat> and I laughed. And if any of y'all personally know my husband, who's like one of the gentlest people you could ever meet, who's adores me up and down. And I giggled. I said, no, dad, that's not an issue at all. David's fine. I'm fine. I am. And he said, are you sure? Are you sure? And I said, dad, I am safe. I am happy. I am fine. And he said, okay, that's all I needed to know. An hour, hour and a half later, we were sitting in a restaurant after having come back from our hike, my phone rang. And my brother told me that our father had passed away about an hour and a half ago. Wow. And my brother had no idea what I was doing. David was the only person that knew what I was doing. He was right there. And I was like, and I got off the phone. Eventually, yeah, I got off the phone with my brother. And I was like, okay, let me tell you what just happened. <laughs> and my, my husband was like, yeah, that's you. <laughs> that's y'all. <laughs> He's like, that's really groovy. That is really awesome. He checked in with you. Oh, I said, yeah, honestly, I have not heard from him in my head since college days. So we're talking about, at that time, about a 30-year jump since I had heard from him in my head. Wow. So, yeah, that was pretty cool. Because he had been sick and out of it for like 10 years of yeah. that, 30 years. So you've got another story? Yes, yes. And I want to mention if anybody has comments, questions, sharing anything, please in the comments do so. Yes. Um, I guess this one wasn't so much um, when he died, but my grandfather, uh, <coughs> he had, he was in, God, he was almost 100. And he had actually, uh, he had broken a hip when he was 97 and had it replaced. I, I was like surprised and, and got through that one. But wow. then he fell out of bed and broke the other hip. And okay. so, <laughs> so he was recouping. They did surgery again. This was, you know, like about a year later. So he was 98 and trying to get over that, but it just slowed him down so much. And so uh he got to the point where he was pretty much just bedridden and 
um, they started calling in hospice and mom and dad set him up with a bed downstairs. They lived in a two-story house and they set him up uh, with a bed in their den and uh, he, toward the end, he was sleeping more than he was awake and, um, but he would have conversations and stuff. And, but at one point mom was just like, he's been out of it. I just know he's getting ready to go. And, um, she went over and, and she put her hands, you know, held his hand and said, daddy, you know, it's okay. If you want to go, I'll be fine. I love you. I'll be fine if you want to go. And she said, this man who had been lying quietly for like a couple of days, basically, suddenly his eyes popped open and he goes, where the hell would I go? <laughs> and she's like, never mind. <laughs> like, Dad, you want me to tell you where to go after you just scared the shit out of me? <laughs> so she's like, okay, you're fine. I'll just go, whatever. <laughs> um, and she said, but then time goes on again and, and she and dad would go up to bed at night and hear him talking. And sometimes they'd come down to see, they thought maybe he was calling for them. And so they were like up and down the stairs and, you know, and sometimes she, mom would say, who are you talking to? And, and he would talk about a little girl that was there or other people that she didn't know who he was talking about. Um, you know, the man in the suit and this person and that. And so mom's like, okay, whatever, you know, give him some more morphine and off we go. And, 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 but she, she was talking about how she was disturbed that she was afraid not to check on him because if he was just in case, just in case. So for Christmas, I got mom and dad, a baby monitor. I thought this would be perfect. You set it up. And they were like, yeah, good idea. A few weeks later, I said, so how's the baby monitor working? They said, we turned it on one night and we couldn't listen to it anymore. They were hearing the conversations. And, and it was like, they might not exactly understand it, but when they started hearing other voices, other than my grandfather's voice, they were like, Okay, we just don't need to know what's going on downstairs. <laughs> TMI, spiritual TMI. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and so it was like, that was a good idea, but <laughs> we didn't know we were going to be putting out an aerial for. <laughs> what do they call that? A ghost phone? Yeah, yeah, or exactly. Or a, exactly. Or a Tesla box or something like that. Yeah, there's a word for that. So oh, Angie and, threw something out. Angie's yeah. brother died. Yeah, he died recently. I remember that. Um, blessings to you too, sweetie. It's recently for him. Her dog went crazy. Barking, barking was staring in the hall. It felt like I was walking through gel trying to get to him. I think she's talking about it's a physical sensation of walking yeah. through gel. I knew in my mind that it was him. I know Angie's very psychic, so yeah, it probably was but I didn't actually see anything. Maybe the vibration was too low for him or he thought he might scare me. Um, what I got was, yeah, he thought he might scare you because no, you're not low vibration and nothing about you is low vibration, honey. Quite the opposite, you're way on up there. <laughs> and 
your dog barking is your number one barking at nothing and you verifying it with how you felt and what you knew but that was your brother trying not to freak you out mm -hmm. yeah and that's awesome um, I'd describe that as basically they send their consciousness or a part, a, per a percentage is the usual language for it, a percentage of their consciousness to a person so that it's not so overwhelming. Yeah. I told you the story last week of when I put all my consciousness, almost, almost all of my consciousness into a visit and it's overwhelming. It'll make you throw up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just the dizzy factor from it. So yeah. Your brother was being discretionary. Thank you, yeah. Angie, for bringing us another really cool example of, the, of our loved ones being conscientiously conscious. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. So I mentioned that my sister died. She died in 1986. I was 18. A few months later, she came to me in a dream. I stepped off of the school bus that we rode in junior high and high school, showing my age by calling it junior high. <laughs> I stepped off yeah, the <laughs> I stepped off the school bus onto the grass beside the road where we lived. <clears throat> and my sister was standing there like she was waiting for me to get off the bus. And I stepped down and I saw her and I drew up short. And I said, I uh you're dead. <laughs> That's really, she's my sister, so I'm really, but I went, uh, yeah. you're dead. What are you doing here? And she said, yeah, yeah, I, I know, I know that. Shut up and listen. I want to tell you something. And the, you know, the bus had pulled on and she walked beside me like we had done when we were much younger because she was five years ahead of me. So in elementary school, we would walk beside each other down the, you know, the, the shoulder of the grassy shoulder of the road to our house. And, and she told me stuff that's confidential which I went and confirmed with our older brother. And indeed it was true what she told me that I did not know before, but it's confidential. We'll leave it at that. And so that was cool. And that's, 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 it was definitely her inside now. Just solid as rock, no ghosty thing, opaque. <laughs> that was her. So yeah, they do visit. And I'm sure some of you might be able to talk about, you know, loved ones visiting in your dreams, but you have another story? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, my great aunt had come to visit. Um, she, my dad grew up in Pennsylvania, small coal mining town. And one of his sisters, there were 10 brothers and sisters. And one of the sisters had never been outside her hometown. And, um, she had breast cancer that had metastasized to bone cancer. And so my parents decided while she was still able to get around and um, mobile, yeah, still mobile and all, that they would bring her down and she spent about a month with us. <clears throat> and my aunt was very passive aggressive. Um, she did things like uh, mom said at, at night, uh, one night she was awakened hearing the, the kitchen cabinet doors slamming. 
And she's like, what on earth? And she went downstairs and my aunt was opening and closing the door. She'd open it and slam it shut. And she didn't realize mom was watching her. So mom just kind of said, Alice, is there something I can help you with? And she, oh, yes. <laughs> and, you know, I was looking for a glass. And mom's like, yeah, they're over there. And, you know, she got some water or something. Same place they've been all week and all month. <laughs> yes, exactly. And so mom said, I knew all she wanted was some attention. But instead of just saying, hey, can we talk or being an adult until morning hours. You know? <laughs> Time is not convenient when you are not in 3D thinking. Exactly. exactly. So then, um, and then I had it, the, the thing that I, and the reason I'm telling you about this, because it'll come up in just a second. <laughs> um, she stayed in the guest room right across from my room. And it used to be my sister's room, so Deborah will know what I'm talking about. We had these louvered closet doors that were metal. And, you know, you had to pull on them just the right way to make them, un, you know, fold up. And then you can unhinge, right? Yeah. And, but it wasn't a big deal. Once you got the motion, it was easy to do. Well, my aunt was in there and I could hear her with the, with the doors. And it was like more doors yeah yeah do you, do you need some help and alice and she's like yeah i just can't get these doors short so I, okay instead of asking i'll you know so i went in and opened them for her and tried to show her a couple times okay thank you you know fine whatever so she stays her month and she goes home and it was probably six months later maybe she passed away and I was in my bedroom one one day after it was in the afternoon and I heard the closet doors going <laughs> and I'm like and I look and you know there's the dog's not in there there's nothing going on hmm. you know? and I kind of went in and I kind of played with the doors and it really couldn't make that much noise unless you forced it oh so I went wow. back in my room <laughs> and it was like why do I gotta happen twice? Yeah, and I'm like, okay, thank you very much. <laughs> that was a calling card. And mom, mom came by a little bit later, and I said, Mom, can I ask you something? And she said, Yeah, what's up? And I said, Have you heard anything from Aunt Alice since she died? <laughs> and mom Normal goes, question. Yeah, and mom goes, Is she bothering you too? <laughs> She said, yeah, she was down slamming those cabinet doors the other night and woke me up. <laughs> By the way, have you heard from Elvis? <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, you know, you, you've got people kind of coming in and going, are you all right? I have the relatives of wacka, 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 wacka. <laughs> no, my brother just peacefully drifted into the room and said, yeah, I'm trying not to scare you. You got, you got relatives playing whack-a-mole in the kitchen drawers. <laughs> family <laughs> not boring baby never boring <laughs> and just real quick to add to that my grandmother had been dead for years 
but I never really heard from her. And I was laying in my bed in this house. This was probably 10 or 15 years ago. And the head of my bed at the time was near my door, which was right across from the back door. <clears throat> okay. I'm sleeping and in my sleep, I start waking up, but I'm also seeing this image of a young woman coming to the back door and I'm waking up at the same time. And I'm like trying to sort it out in my head. Is this real or is this like the movie dream? conception? Yeah. 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 Dream and inside of a dream. Right. Yeah, And I hear the door open. And I sense or see kind of with my mind's eye, this woman walk into my bedroom. Well, by then, you know, it's dark <clears throat> and I'm waking up for sure. Then, cause I'm like, holy cow, somebody's breaking in and I'm waking up. Sure. And I open my eyes and there is this woman standing there. And she's dressed in clothes like from the 30s. Ooh. And she's her hair's nicely done. So you she, got the full apparition experience that we were giggling about earlier. Really looked beautiful and was just smiling so sweetly. And Good. I immediately <laughs> flip on my back and I'm doing the crab walk and the guy was really kind of like, turn on the light, turn on the light, turn on the light. Oh my God. And he's like, oh, love you, love And he gets up and he turns on a light. And of course, there's nobody there. And I said, she was standing there. There was a woman standing right there next to me. And we looked and of course, the back door's locked. There was no... And it took me a while to, you know, calm down. I went back to sleep. And the next morning when I woke up, I realized it was my grandmother, but in a younger body. Yes. It was from when, you know, her prime. Yes. My brother looked different playing with the dog than he did when he was first visiting in the first hour after his death. Yeah. yeah he looked yeah. young and healthy again. Yeah. But it was like, it just dawned on me because we had a picture for years and it was that era and it was like you connected it yeah yeah oh like, we're waking up and scaring the crap out of me <laughs> not my fault you're not psychic <laughs> <laughs> i saw her <laughs> i was like open your third eye bubba <laughs> her family asks nicely oh i don't want to scare you margo just trollop in and do whatever the hell they want to do and do again that. your family is never boring <laughs> <laughs> they got showmanship baby <laughs> jazz hands <laughs> so anyway that, that was an unexpected pop-up but i had to add that because <laughs> that's cool that's cool yeah. um <clears throat> similar to what you're talking about my grandmother was comatose right before she would she decided to pass i was in college uh-huh she had been comatose hospice said any hour any minute she could check out she was at home on oxygen yada yada laying in her bed everybody was visiting she wasn't responding for two weeks she didn't move she didn't talk she just laid there and breathe and with all these tubes in her and breathing with oxygen I came and visited, walked up. My mom was there. My uncle was there. Walked up. 
and I called her Mimi and I walked in her room and I said, hi, Mimi. And she opened her eyes and turned her head, looked at me and smiled. And I walked all the way up to her bed and I said, how are you doing today? And she nodded. And I did, I would, I had been in college. I didn't know that she had been out of it for the past two weeks. I didn't know that she was not cognizant. And my mother and my, and her brother, my uncle were like, wow, they didn't want to break the spell. So they were holding real still and not saying much, but just breathing. And they were like being in the moment. <clears throat> and she smiled and I said, how are you? And she, she smiled, smiled and, I, and she said, I'm tired. And she exhaled and she had a soft smile. And I said, I can understand that. I said, I th Mimi, I thought about what I wanted to say when I came here today. And I want to tell you about a memory I have with you. And I'll make a longer story short. She took me to go see Star Wars for the first time when it first came out, I think in 77. And I was nine years old. And, and she took, yeah, I was her youngest granddaughter. And she took me to the movies to see Star Wars together for the first time, which is now a historical movie. And I said, I don't know if you remember, but I, you took me to one of my, uh, you know, but what became one of my favorite movies, first Star Wars movie ever. And she went, really? And I said, do you remember that? And she went, and she started giggling. She went <laughs> and shook her head <laughs> and chuckled and said, no. <laughs> she didn't say anything. She just chuckled and shook her head and giggled. And I said, yeah, we well, did. And I said, it was very special to me. And I thought I would uh, remind you of, you know, one of our good times together because, you know, because of this, that I didn't spend the night with you and Bob at your house and cook and garden and swim in the pool. And she was, mm-hmm. And she closed her eyes and she got quieter. Ooh. And I lost my ear. <laughs> and, she, and she got quieter. And she relaxed back on her pillow. It's not like she sat, you know, she just you know, came up a little and she relaxed and relaxed. And she closed her eyes and she went back to sleep. And she stopped moving. And about 30 minutes later, she left and she was gone. And she was just breathing and the breathing got shallower and shallower and then it stopped. And they called in the her hospice nurse was was downstairs because <clears throat> there were three people in the room with the patient. And they called the lady up and the lady, you know, in the stethoscope, and she said, yeah, she's gone. And she left. And to me, that was such a huge honor to be the last person to talk to her, especially after she, my mother said, Honey, she hasn't talked for two weeks. She hasn't moved for two weeks. You're the last person she's talking to. And I helped my mother dress her and prepare her for her funeral oh, wow. in the in the two hours following that. So me and her, we put makeup and, you know, pearl and iron on her hair and put clothes on her, you know, her favorite. She had picked out a dress years ago, favorite jewelry and all that. And I helped dress her body and put makeup on her and we got ready for the mortician to come and get her <laughs> her favorite shoes and all that stuff yeah 
got her ready. When my sister died, my brother and I, um, the mortician came. She, My parents didn't know my sister wanted to be cremated, so they had her in a coffin. <clears throat> a drunk driver had hit her. She was age 23. So she was laid out in a coffin, and the mortician said, we have makeup people who can do makeup on your on, on Juliet. However, you guys know what she actually looked like. Does anybody want to put makeup on her? And I had never heard of that. And my brother, at I was 19 and blah, 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 blah. I was sort of a walking zombie. I was freaking out at that point. My brother, Mr. Military Guy, uh, he was 30 years old at the time. <laughs> you know, square jaw, business like macho. The, the sequence of events, the mortician said, um, you know, would anybody, any of you like to put makeup on her since you know what she looked like or our artists can do it? It's your choice. No hesitation. My brother didn't look at my mother. You would think the girls would do it. Her brother turned around, looked at me, put his hand out, said, let's go. Took my hand and led me into the room and they gave us a bunch of makeup. And I put the makeup on my sister's face and my brother was a little more here, a little more there, not so much. Maybe use this, you know, try this blush. And it's not like he knew a damn thing about makeup. And yeah, I knew how my sister wore her makeup. And that is an unusual bonding experience. <laughs> but yeah, we put makeup on our dead sister. And there was only three of us in existence at the time. Yeah, and that was really cool. This was in Greensboro, 19, January of 86. The day we buried her, put her in the ground, is the same day that the Challenger blew up on launch. We came home and turned on the, somebody turned on the TV for some distraction, and all the channels were replaying the exact same thing over and over and over. And I know you remember that day. Yeah, because I was, I was home. My daughter uh, was born premature on January 12th and she stayed in the hospital for two weeks and we had just brought her home and wow. I was watching TV while she that was, was going home out. day for your new baby yeah. Yeah. yeah wow sort of like the JFK thing for the generation before where were you when uh, and I remember that too I was only three but I remember seeing it on TV my wow. mom my mom was in the car we were driving and she, the radio was on and she, she said, some, I heard the chatter, you know, I wasn't really, I was yeah. three, three and a half. But she knew urgency. Over three because it was, I was, my birthday's in September and this was in November. And um, mom said, I started to say something. Mom said, hush, honey. And we got to the house and she said, come on, I need you to hurry. And I said, what's wrong, mommy? And she turned on the TV and the TV's warming up and I'm watching while it warms up. And she said, something happened to the president and I'm going to turn on the TV. I want to hear the news. And she goes to the phone to call my dad who was working. Yeah. And I'm watching it warm up and Walter Cronkite comes on and I wow. remember seeing him and I remember seeing you know, footage of things going on. And mom said uh, he was shot. And um, 
then they announced that he was dead and I knew mom was sad. And I was aware enough to know very important man, president of the United States, and he's dead. And so I remember that and the process of coming in the house and all that. So have you ever noticed that in every magazine article and every republished um, a newspaper headline and all the official reports, they don't say, and I'm, maybe somebody will dig this up and say, find a headline that says JFK is dead. In my memory, all of them always said JFK has been shot. The president has been shot. Just food for thought. The last story I wanted to mention quickly was one given to me by David. David's brother died about three or four months ago. So both of us have lost our oldest brothers um, a couple months apart. And same thing, he was ill for a long time with a type of cancer, so they knew it was coming. Hospice was involved. Oh, well, there's a funny story attached to this. I'll try to keep it short, but <laughs> you know, we need some humor here, this is good. But the non-humorous part was David is very much into Native American rich, uh, you know, ceremony and spirituality and medicine animals and totem animals and messages with animals he learned he got the call some you know they told him his his brother had died and he was meditating in his man cave in the back of the garage which opens out open onto a pond with trees and an open field and for no reason and this is well obviously there was a reason for reasons immediately unknown and it had never happened before a cardinal bird flew into the garage and flew around several laps landed hop, popped up again and flew out go look up cardinal medicine relative to people dying it that's he feels that was a messenger of his brother medicine of his brother and so on can't come to visit and that's just really cool. And that is quintessentially cardinal medicine. So Paul asked me to share that cool story. Yeah. That is. Oh, the funny version of that? <clears throat> His brother's daughter is my age. And we're both 53. <laughs> and she called me the next day, or I called her or something, the next day. And she said, let me tell you about my funny, funny mother. His brother's wife, her mother, was the, was the essential clown, cut-up, punster, fun-loving, goofy lady, quick with the twist of word, and funny as I'll get out, still is. And she, uh, an irony too, um, her husband died at home, and the mortician people or the coroner people came with the truck and backed it up to the porch and two men came inside wrapped him up and said um you know yeah have you had enough time to you know say what you want do what you want yes they wrapped him up carried him out put him in the truck and the two men came back in the house and said okay we're gonna take him to the mortuary does anybody want us and the and does anybody want to say their last goodbyes? And one of his daughters, not the one I was talking to, a different daughter and his wife were in the house. 
and the daughter said, no, I've already said my goodbyes. And his wife, the fun, the funny lady, her name's Jane. <laughs> Jane said, yeah, I would like to, uh, one more. And so they stayed in the house and she walked to the truck herself, got in the truck, said or did whatever she wanted to for a couple, a couple few minutes, got out of the truck, came back up in the house in the living room and came up to the man, to one of the men that was st standing there and said, I'm all done. I hope he doesn't give you any trouble. <laughs> and her daughter was telling me this and cracking up and could barely get the words out because it was so quintessential <laughs> Jane to say that. Um, and she's a little old lady, all right? She's you know, she's in her 70s, I think. It's maybe six, late 60s. I'm all done. Uh, thank you. I hope he doesn't give you any trouble. <laughs> <laughs> and they laughed. Uh, and I, oh. you know, yes, ma'am. That's fine. <laughs> and they drove off. But I was like, oh my God. What a wonderful attitude to have. Yes. <laughs> very much so. <clears throat> Quick story and i know we're, we've gone way over time but i feel like these are good yeah but this is the way you should look at death my mother when she passed away uh it was a, it was just a small graveside service and my mother had an aunt that oh god the woman was like 93 at the time or something like that maybe maybe even a little older 96 something so the woman and her daughter came to the funeral yeah and they were kind of sat on the back row and it was my sister and i and my kids and grandkids and my the they had the table set up. Mom was cremated okay. and sitting in a, like a burial urn because we didn't get anything really fancy since we knew we were going to bury her. And um, flowers that were on the urn. And when the service was over, the funeral director walked up and said, would you like a flower from the arrangement? And I was like, no, I'm okay. But the grandkids <clears throat> kind of standing there and she, she said y'all want one and they're like yeah and they went to reach and she said no let me get it um because she said this table's a little unsturdy and so you know and she said normally i wouldn't have it sitting like that but she the she was relying on her assistance and so when she got there it was already set up people were already there and so she couldn't really st steady change it so she started pulling the flowers off for my grandkids and the table collapses. Mom's urn pops open, the bag with the ashes come out. And the woman almost right after that hurt, I mean, immediately just follows everything down and drops on her knees. And it's like, she's trying to protect and she's trying to put everything back together. I'm so sorry. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And it's like, and my only concern was my great aunt. That was the only person I was worried about as far as if she would get upset or something like that. And I said, I told the woman, I said, it's fine. It's fine. We're good. 
don't panic. And she, my great aunt from the back row says, your mama always did want to get in the last word. <laughs> Saying that she now had the last word, but yes. but my my sister and I both were like, Mom did that. We knew mom did it. <laughs> and then for my great aunt to have picked up on it and said, and the woman she like, she put it all back together. And she, I'm so sorry. That should never have happened. And I said, Honey, you've given us something to remember this day by. <laughs> I said, we're cool. And years later. And yeah. years later, it's still awesome. And here we are still talking. I said, it's fine. You know, I saw her later at the funeral home, went back for something else and was talking to her. And she said, I still can't believe that happened. And I said, it's okay. <laughs> it's all a story. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's yeah. just. It's, you know, we're, we're, we all die. We all die and humor is quintessential and thank God humor does not die. (laughs) Yes. Yes. (laughs) For sure. For sure. Um, Iris, thank you for going down this longer path. Thank you. Everyone else for hanging out with us through this time. Hi, Jeannie and Dale. Glad you guys could show up. Please feel free to recap. Uh, all the um, stories that we told about actually it was more than 10 people. <clears throat> I added one or two. I think you did too. So um, fascinating stuff. Iris, thank you for letting me shift the narrative. I am so glad that, that you were willing to still be a part of this with, you know, and, yeah. and our, our heart goes out to you. And, and I know you still have the funeral and stuff to go through. And thank you. It's never easy, but it's a process. It's Yeah, it's a necessary part of the process in in our culture, and I'm okay with that. And I'll deal with that then. I'm not going to pre-worry about it and double my time. Because it very possibly could be a, a, a a reasonably pleasant experience. So I wouldn't want to decrease that opportunity either. Um, in honor of the occasion, I'd like to dedicate this episode to my brother, Paul. Yes, of course. And Deborah, thank you. And Angie and, um, you're welcome. Angie. Glad y'all enjoyed it. And, um, yeah, we'll be back again next week. It's our Halloween special. So, be next Wednesday. Hope to see everybody then. We're Me telling Tom. haunted stories and feeling our way into them using our antennas. Yeah. <laughs> so bring some if you want us to to talk about any. To analyze it. Yeah. If you got a favorite ghost story, bring it. We'll analyze it. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, good evening. Namaste, everyone. And Namaste. appreciate you being here. Thank you for joining us for The Eyes of Indigo with Iris Carter and Margot Ross Sears. Music is Arcadia by Kevin McLeod, licensed under Creative Commons. Copyright 2020, Iris Carter and Margot Ross Sears. 
Please like, rate, and subscribe to our podcasts on iTunes, Spotify, and YouTube. More information available at facebook.com slash eyesofindigo or at iriscarter.com where you will find a link to the Eyes of Indigo podcast. You'll also find accompanying blog posts that expand topics as well as behind the scenes information.